You are listening to the Super Mom is Getting Tired podcast. I'm your host, Tori Henderson, and this is episode 14. Welcome to the Super Mom is Getting Tired podcast. This show is designed for moms who invest everything into parenting, but get overwhelmed, lost, and resentful. Listen and learn how to unburden yourself, feel calm, full of energy, and in control. I'm your host, Master Certified Life Coach, Teacher, and Recovering Supermom, Tori Henderson. Today on the podcast, I'll be answering the question, how can I get my kids to stop hating each other? Followed by a Supermom Kryptonite, that secret energy drain that you might not know is making you tired, and the Supermom Power Boost to give you a surge of energy to get you through your week. I hope you are doing well today. I just got back from an all-day volleyball tournament. If there's any volleyball parents out there, you know how long these days can be. I actually brought my microphone and laptop with me. I thought, well, maybe I could sit in the car and record this podcast. But my daughter ended up playing five back-to-back games no breaks in between. And so I had all the time to watch her instead of record the podcast. So back home after the 12-hour shift. (laughs) And here I am to talk to you guys the best part of my day. It's funny with a sport because when you first start, you think 12 hours, that just sounds so grueling and long and I have to get up before dark and get home after dark. And are you kidding me? And then you start and you get into it and you kind of really like it. And then your kid retires from the sport and then you miss it. It's a funny world we live in. Well, let me get today's question. Today's question comes from Sheila. She writes, my middle school kids are constantly fighting. They are close in age, 12 and 13, and used to be the best of friends, always playing happily together. Lately, however, it's been awful. They bicker and are constantly picking on each other, trying to bring the other down. I really want my boys to be friends again. How can I get my kids to stop hating each other? Well, Sheila, I feel you. This is a really tough situation to be in, especially because you had the golden experience of them getting along so well. And there's a kind of, a, I think, a natural grieving that would come up that we call clean pain, where it's like, yeah, I'm just genuinely disappointed that they don't get along anymore. Or that they're going through this phase of thinking that the other one is the enemy. So my parent education answer for that, there's so much. I mean, as a parent educator, I taught two hour long classes on sibling rivalry and how to help kids get along with each other. So it's hard to condense it. So I'm going to try and just answer your specific question. And I hope that I do the best in this short window. If your children used to get along very well, That tells me that you did a really good job of staying out of their conflicts because there's no way they grew up for 11 years together and had no conflicts. Children who are at each other from a very young age, usually it's because they figured out how to bring mom into the argument and triangulate the issue where there's kind of a fighting for mom's attention. When mom gets involved, siblings can... Use this to fight for power, control, attention, superiority, all sorts of things. So if that sounds like you, if you think your kids bring you into their arguments too much, 
and it feels a little triangulated, then go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash record my question with little hyphens between record my question and tell me about your situation because that would be an excellent topic for another podcast. But today I'm going to address Sheila's situation. So in this one, I'm going to assume that Sheila is not getting involved, but it's just bothered by having to listen to her two precious babies go at each other. Well, there are many reasons why preteens might start picking on their sibling when they didn't before. Okay, addiction and anxiety are two to come to mind. My son developed a terrible sugar addiction around the age of 12, 13. And we could tell when he was sneaking and stealing and lying about it, the sugar, by how mean he was to his sister. I mean, it was like clockwork. (laughs) If he was, you know, just really taking his angst out on her, then uh, we could tell he'd been eating sugar. So that's, you know, most people's situations, that is not the case. That's really unique. Most people don't develop a terrible sugar addiction. But anxiety, sometimes if kids are anxious, they'll take it out on the people around them. So I'm not going to talk about those today because I want to focus on the two most common and developmentally appropriate reasons for a sudden change where you used to get along just great and now all of a sudden you hate on each other. Why the sudden change? So there are two reasons why this can happen that are kind of the most common. The first I'll call adolescent angst. Puberty does a number on kids. The hormones are surging up and down. They can cause stronger emotional responses and mood swings, making walking on eggshells an everyday situation for all of those that live with a teenager or a preteen. But it's not just the hormones. It's also that preteens and teens are hanging out with people who constantly scrutinize and criticize each other's appearances, their performances, their speech, the way they talk, the food choices they make. You name it, some adolescent is judging it, probably a group of them, where you cannot walk through a day of middle school and have somebody not criticize, oh, you know, what you're wearing, the phone you're using is too old. You're you're what? Not on Snapchat? Oh my gosh. You know, the, you need to get the Xbox, the new one. It's rampant, okay? And so kids feel like they're just living in this fishbowl surrounded by hypercritical people. Well, when kids soak up everybody else's negativity and insecurity like a sponge all day long, guess what happens when they come home? They ring it out. And this ring it out looks like arguing, bickering, being mean and ornery, and maybe even, you know, aggressive. And the easiest target is, of course, their sibling or mom and dad. But mom and dad, sometimes they'll get in trouble or mom and dad will hold the line. And so the sibling is the one who often gets the brunt of this. The question I would want to ask my kid is, does it work? If you feel yucky when you get in the car, do you feel better after putting your sibling down and pointing out all their flaws? (laughs) Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. Either way, teaching your child to reflect on their own words and actions is super powerful. 
as you may have noticed, if you said, hey, stop picking on your brother, it probably doesn't work very well. (laughs) Kids this age don't really respond that well to being told what to do, and they don't necessarily obey everything we want them to obey. You can try it. I'm sure Sheila has already tried to say, hey, be nice. Stop it. Knock it off. But with kids this age, I think a reflective question can be more powerful. So if you ask them, does it work? Do you feel better? It'd be curious to help them reflect on themselves. And whether the answer to their question is yes or no, I would then ask, is there another way you can purge the yuckiness of your day and feel better that doesn't involve picking on your sibling? It doesn't hurt to ask a question, but they're so much more powerful for preteens and teens than telling them what to do. Some kids purge this energy. They wring out the negative energy they've picked up all day. Some kids purge it verbally by venting and getting it all off their chest. Uh, Some purge it physically by hopping on their bikes or shooting hoops or wrestling with their brother. Some may spend time alone. Some kids take a shower and kind of like wash off the yuck of the day. Some kids will write in a journal. Some like to hang out with their friends, read a book. There are all sorts of ways that preteens have found to feel better after being surrounded by negative people all day. So maybe you can kind of help your kid problem solve if you think that might be what's going on for them. The other reason why you might see an increase in sibling rivalry during puberty, if they got along before and now it's changed, is that your child, usually the oldest one, is wanting to create a bigger separation between himself and his sibling. This desire to be seen as older, wiser, different, maybe more mature, grows really strong between the ages of like 12 to 15. I would say. Now, you could see this with twins as well. They just might need a little more separation. They want to define who they are as separate from who they have been. Okay, so adolescence is all about figuring out who am I and who do I want to be? And when kids are trying to figure out what their interests are, their skills are, which friend group they feel most comfortable with, what kind of clothes they like to wear, they need to wiggle out of their childlike identity, kind of like a snake shedding its skin. It can be really hard for a preteen to know kind of who they are if they maintain the tight relationship they've always had with their sibling, also with their parents, or even like close friends. If they grew up with a next door neighbor or, you know, a carpool buddy that they just really know well, they might start separating from them just to kind of like try on new friends. Like they're trying on a new outfit. Like I want to wear a new friend around for a while and just see Do I like the way it feels? Is it too tight? Is it too itchy? Is she too bossy? Is he too competitive? Like, I don't know who I am. And usually kids through adolescence, they usually figure out what they don't want and what they don't like before they figure out what they do want and what they do like. And so they kind of have to experiment and try out different things, different identities, different people. They tend to do that through other people. 
it's just really common for kids to what I call cocoon as they transform themselves from a kid into an adult. It's like a caterpillar going to a butterfly. We're talking about a major change from who they've been to who they're going to be. So cocooning is kind of a normal thing, right? It looks like for a teenager, it looks like closing the bedroom door locking themselves in the bathroom for hours on end, (laughs) wanting more alone time, not wanting to open up and talk to mom about every detail of their lives if they did when they were younger. It's all normal. Sometimes cocooning can happen with a best friend where the kid's like, you know, they want to spend every moment together. They want to dress alike, talk alike, walk alike, have the exactly matching interests, it provides this feeling of safety as they're trying to separate from their parents and their family of origin, and they're trying to like become their own person. Well, if they can cocoon with another best friend or a tight group, a tight clique, then it kind of gives them that feeling of safety until they're ready to stand on their own and have their own interests and opinions and feel confident in them. So that sibling relationship connects them to who they were as a child. And some kids need to separate from it in order to become the adult they're meant to be. Some don't. So fighting and constantly putting the other sibling down is a very effective way to separate, right? Because their sibling doesn't want to hang out with them anymore (laughs) because they're so mean to them that they start to leave on their own. And it's like, I'm not like you. You're different than me. And just really defining that separation is a totally normal adolescent phase that does not last forever. I think it really helps to know why things happen, why your kids might suddenly be mean to each other. But what the heck is mama supposed to do about it, (laughs) right? So I'm going to give you some quick tips on sibling rivalry that just kind of, you know, the basics that I can cover in a short period of time, but then we'll get into the life coaching answer. Number one, stay out of it. As much as we would like to, we don't get to decide what kind of relationship our kids are going to have with each other. It is theirs to figure out. And we need to let go of any preconceived ideas of what it's supposed to look like. If your sister is your best friend, this might be really hard for you. You might have expectations of your girls having the same close relationship and then get really bothered when they hate on each other. But stay out of it as best you can. Let it be theirs. Number two, protect their safety. Wrestling and horseplay are actually great ways for kids to learn boundaries. When kids grow up roughhousing with each other, they learn about remorse, apologizing, inflicting pain, setting boundaries, saying no like you mean it, so many good things. And generally, kids will stop on their own, like right at the point where their sibling might get hurt. But if they have triangulated a parent into it or are using sibling rivalry to serve themselves in an unhealthy way, then they might harm their sibling, and it is absolutely the parent's job to protect them. Number three, treat your children as fairly as possible. If they sense favoritism, they may take it out on their sibling. So don't compare, like, why can't you be more than you like your brother? And don't label, like, she's the aggressive one, he's the smart one. Make sure you spend quality time with both kids. Number four, let them see you resolving conflicts in a calm way with other adults. If you've got a conflictual relationship that you are 
modeling for them. Maybe it's someone you don't talk to that much. You got to you know, someone in the family, some family member where it's kind of yucky or you've got a friend where you're really nice to their face, but behind your back, like, oh my God, she's so annoying. Call me and set up a free coaching call. Uh, I think it'd be really great to kind of clear that up so that you can be their greatest teacher and kind of model. How do I get along with people who are driving me crazy? (laughs) Number five, establish rules like no hitting or hurting or no name calling, like rules that are just general rules for the house that everybody can obey. Post them publicly on the fridge or wherever anybody can see them and have consistent consequences when those rules are not followed. So that means, you know, it's got to be something that mom and dad can obey too. So if no name calling is something you all can obey, but if you do like no swearing, then mom and dad have to watch out for that too. Now we're going to move on to the life coaching answer. Learn all you can about how to responsibly manage sibling rivalry, but when it's not working for you, life coaching comes in handy. The kids fighting with each other is a circumstance. As much as she would like to, Sheila can't make them change without the kids wanting to change. Wishing they would stop is kind of like going outside every day and yelling at the weather. (laughs) Like, you need to be different. It's cloudy. I want the sun to be out. This might be true. You might want the sun to come out. You might be sick and tired of the cold and the rain. But feeling annoyed every day because the weather isn't the way you'd like it, it's just fruitless and it only causes suffering for you. Sheila wants them to stop because she doesn't like how she feels when they are fighting. She's probably thinking thoughts like, I want them to get along like they used to, but that's arguing with reality, which causes us suffering. She might be thinking, they shouldn't be so mean and hateful with each other. But that's arguing with reality, too, if they are being mean and hateful with each other. And it also, when we think the thought, like, they shouldn't hate each other, that word is so strong and so powerful that it fills us with a lot of negative emotion. Like, we get angry. Like, they shouldn't hate each other. This is wrong. I need to stop it. And we can kind of, like, hate the situation and hate our kids for being so mean to each other. And it's just adds more negativity to a negative situation. Sheila might be thinking this thought, another thought that goes like this. I don't know what to do. They used to get along. Now they don't. They're fighting it all the time. I've tried everything. I can't think of what to do next. That thought creates confusion, overwhelm, and it's just doesn't help us take productive action. So these thoughts or similar ones like this cause negative emotions for mom. So we've got to figure out what does mom have control over and just focus on that. Because when she's arguing with reality and thinking her kids should be different, it just creates her a negative situation that makes her feel like she's stuck and she can't get out of it. So we want to ask, how do you want to feel when your kids are fighting? Let's assume they're going to fight. They're going to argue. They're going to bicker. That's totally their business. But you get to decide how you want to feel when they are fighting. You get to choose. Do you want to feel confident? Then pick up a thought like, I know what to do here. I know how to handle this. Do you want to feel calm? Then think, 
I can trust them to work it out. Do you want to feel content? Then maybe you can think like this behavior is normal and temporary. So be really mindful of the thoughts that you're thinking when your kids are fighting because that's what creates the emotion that we experience. When you're feeling a positive emotion, you're more likely to take positive actions and implement the recommendations that you know you can find on Google <laughs> or the ones I just offered to you. But it's hard to implement them when you're feeling overwhelmed, confused, or mad at them. So before you're in the situation of your kids arguing, I want you to play it out in your imagination. Picture your kids fighting with each other and imagine that you are staying totally calm. Imagine like you're just evaluating the situation peacefully and objectively, like a scientist. You're just like, oh, look at that. My kids are fighting. Yes, that's something that they do. This is who they are right now. You could ask, do I need to keep him safe? Is he just purging the yuck of his day? Is that what he's doing right now? Is this okay? Is he trying to separate himself from the family and show that he's a different person than he's been and he's a different person than his sibling? Observe the fighting with more of a scientific mind and then practice feeling calm and confident or whatever emotion you want to feel. You want to picture yourself taking action from that place. Imagine making comments appropriate to the situation like, you guys sure like to fight, or you must have had a pretty awful day today to be picking on your sister so much. Oh, and let me know when you guys are done fighting so I can make us a snack. Okay, so imagine yourself thinking those thoughts that make you feel calm, choosing how you want to feel, and then voicing things that are aligned with your calm emotions. It's got to start in your imagination first. You cannot control your children's relationship, but you can decide how you want to feel about it. When you stay calm and model how to resolve conflicts peacefully, you are showing them that there's another way. Today's super mom kryptonite is mirrored neurons. We talk about this invisible energy drain that we don't know is making us tired. Well, we've got mirror neurons in our brain that help us connect with the other people in the room. Mirror neurons are what make a smile when a baby smiles at us, even if it's not our own baby, right? Like just some stranger in the grocery store, we can't help but smile back. Or these mirror neurons can make us cry during a powerful This Is Us episode. When kids are hating on each other, our default is to hate on them, hate the situation, because we're matching their emotional state. They're feeling angry, annoyed, and frustrated. We're feeling angry, annoyed, and frustrated. We default to matching or mirroring the emotions of the people around us unless we do something deliberately different. We think, this is how it goes, we, need, we think, you need to stop being so mean to your sister because it's driving me crazy. <laughs> we think that our argumentative teens are making us feel annoyed and frustrated. But really, our emotions are coming from inside our own brains. Nobody else can make you feel something without your permission. We teach kids about this. Like, you hurt 
her feelings. Like, go apologize. I'm sorry I hurt your feelings. But really, nobody can hurt your feelings unless you give them permission to. So, and if we're just sitting on default settings, then we're vulnerable to the emotions of the people in the room. So taking time to notice how we're feeling and to deliberately override these mirror neurons sometimes if they are cranky, frustrated emotions or feelings that you don't want, then we want to deliberately override them. It's totally possible, and it's a great thing to model to our adolescents, that you get to decide how you feel, even if everybody else around you is acting crazy and mean. (laughs) So try asking your teenager, how do you hang out with critical, insecure middle schoolers all day and not let it affect you? Now, You can ask this for two reasons. One, to plant a seed in their brain and help them think about separating from the emotions on school. But you can also kind of ask him as though, like, this is something I'm trying to learn because I notice that whenever you're mean to your brother, I feel mean too. And I'm trying to separate so that you can be mad at your brother and it doesn't mean I have to be mad at you. So you can ask your child to be your teacher And But it really just helps him kind of reflect on maybe what is he picking up all day long that might not be serving him. We just want to plant that seed. Because when you learn to separate your emotions from your kids' emotions, then you're modeling for them how to separate from other people's negative emotions. Okay? This is powerful stuff. It's a little complex and juicy, but it's so worth practicing, okay? Just kind of getting off of that default setting and kind of being susceptible to, well, if everybody else is happy, then I get to be happy. But if everyone else is a bad mood, then I guess I have to feel negative too. It does not need to be that way, but that is our default. Okay. You know what? I want to go back. That is our default if you are do not have a strong personality. Some people have just a really strong personality and they don't have to deal with this. <laughs> they always feel their feelings very loud and louder than everybody else is around them. So not everybody is vulnerable to these mirror neurons. Today's super mom power boost is little ones. Even though you could override other people's negative emotions and how they affect you by setting a clear intention for the feeling you want to feel, most of us don't want to work that hard. If you are surrounded by cranky adolescents, go hang out with some little ones, babies, preschoolers, any prepubescent kid can be a joy to be around especially when you aren't responsible for their well-being. It's that much more fun. So when adolescent angst hit my home, I got myself a part-time job at an elementary school. It's so much easier to deal with argumentative teens when I spend the day with happy children who write me love notes and get excited and they're, Miss Henderson, Miss Henderson, and they're so excited every time I just walk by, okay? Do you have nieces or nephews that you can play with? Could you volunteer once a week or invite the neighbor kids over for some holiday craft or something? Like, how can you hang out with those joy filled cutie patooties <laughs> that are 10 and under? You don't want to ride the emotional roller coaster of adolescence along with your kiddos. 
find ways like hanging out with small children to keep you separate and balanced so that you can be your best self for your teens and your preteens because it's a lot (laughs) to hang out with preteens and teenagers and just have to work really hard. If you don't naturally have that strong personality, then it just requires a lot of effort every day. Okay, how do I want to feel? And every time they say something, you know, rude or they are slamming their doors again and hanging out. I love teenagers. Don't get me wrong. I love them. But it just can be very intense to spend all day, every day with them. So just make sure you're creating some separation so that you can feel like you and you can kind of elevate your own energy, raise your emotion so that they can match yours instead of you matching theirs. Today's quote comes from Sam Levinson. Siblings, children of the same parents, each of whom is perfectly normal until they get together. Thanks so much for listening. You guys have a great day. I love you and leave me. Want a free life coaching session? Go to lifecoachingforparents.com and schedule yours today. And thank you so much for listening. I would love it if you would subscribe and share these podcasts with your friends. If you have a question you'd like me to answer on the air, go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash record my question and you can send me a voicemail recording or write me an email and I'll answer it on the air. Thanks again. Have a great day.